1: Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. You can find us on Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also on Dash Radio every single night at 7 p.m. on their Nothing But Net channel. So download Dash Radio and search for Nothing But Net. Also check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel, now close to 12,000 subscribers, where you get our pre- and post-game shows. A lot of us appear over there. And 5ReasonsSports.com with Brady Hawk and others providing the latest on the South Florida teams for free. We do not have a paywall. Also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. So many of our local, including our friends over at F45 in Cooper city. That's right. This is the one in Cooper city over on Sterling road. It's not that far from the hard rock casino. I go there. They've got these really, really challenging and fun, 45 minute fun and innovative High-intensity interval training programs. Basically, there's a guy up there on the screen. You got to follow everything that he does. They give you a couple of breaks, but the thing moves nonstop. You're exhausted after it, but you feel great. We're going to be doing an event over there as well soon. So make sure that you DM me if you're interested. We can get you in there free to try it with the with the five reasons crew. Also, they've got discounts every day for teachers, nurses, military, and first responders. And they don't have contract memberships. So you don't have to deal with what you got to deal with, with the health clubs, none of that stuff, you just go month to month and it's as low as $8 per session. So check them out online. It's F45, but the one in Cooper city, that's the one we're recommending nine, five, four, seven, four, five, four, five, one, seven. That's 954-745-4517. And now tonight's episode
0: one two three four five on the floor
2: welcome to five on the floor a daily show on the miami heat and the nba
3: featuring ethan skolnick with alex toledo and greg sylvander
1: part of the five reasons sports network all right welcome back to five on the floor on the five reasons sports network We've got an interview for you today. We're going to talk to our guy, Scott Agnes. He's been on the podcast before. He's now with Fieldhouse Files, covers the Indiana Pacers. Wanted to bring him on here because he covered the Victor Victor Oladipo era in Indianapolis. And although obviously, you know, all of us are kind of waiting on the exact diagnosis that comes from a specialist and what the decision is made between Oladipo and the Heat in terms of where they go from here for this season and beyond. I want to talk to Scott a little bit about Victor personally and kind of how he's handled injury issues in the past and how that may be playing into now. So Scott, just for some background here, Victor goes to uh, Indiana in that trade with Sabonis uh, for Paul George at the time, just going back to it, was that a popular trade in Indiana?
3: Initial thought was no. What do you mean? You're trading in a perennial all-star and you're not even getting a draft pick with it. You're bringing home Victor He's a nice player. And in fairness, most fans don't really know what Domas Sabonis is. Um, He's a rookie and they're not really watching OKC basketball. So I think it was mostly disappointment that draft picks were not included.
1: Okay, and then he plays much better than expectations. And like you said, you're bringing him home. They knew him from Indiana, obviously had a tremendous success. There was a number two pick in the draft. As he started to emerge, though, I mean, was there surprise inside even the organization that he played as well as he did there? To an extent, yeah. So first of all, inside the front
3: office, the reason they really liked the deal was they targeted Victor and Domas as two guys that were not being used properly or to maximize their talents, right? And so their belief was that if they acquired them, they could potentially become all-stars. Um, and Domas is more likely, I think, than Victor, quite honestly, um, just knowing from his heritage with his father, of course, and the fact that he was still very young and had barely been tapped into too much. And he was they were both playing uh, alongside Russell um, for Domas, Stephen Adams there. And so Domas is kind of playing out of position along the perimeter. Um, and then for fans, yeah, they were they were blown away. And um, early on, the, the joke was that that, uh, you know, the Thunder robbed the Pacers. Well, it didn't take a year for it to go the other way. And hey, look, the Pacers gave up Paul George. Had to, They had to move on from him and got two all-stars in the process. And now, years later, uh, you look at, at, at the next part of that deal, which was Karis Levert for Victor Oladipo. And Levert very well could be on his way to being an all-star. But it was for Victor in Indiana, it was an incredible first year. It could not have gone any better, not only because, Ethan, his performance on the floor but pacer fans were upset they they felt wronged um in that paul george kind of uh, basically said "You're, you're not good enough for me and wanted out and victor went the other way in the first year year and a half went out of his way he was the the energy the smile the the guy that i always said hugged the fans back when they needed him at the right time in addition to what he was able to do on the floor
4: hey scott uh thanks for joining the show greg sylvander here um you know, I'm really, uh, I'm glad that you mentioned the way the fans embraced him because uh, they felt like he wanted to be there initially. I have uh, a couple of close buddies I've known my entire life that are huge Pacers fans and uh, they immediately identified that. And it was like a gut check thing that Depot um, kind of embraced Indiana and initially um Kind of the consensus around Pacer fans from my perspective, and obviously I'm at a bird's eye view, was that he was like tailor made to be in Indiana. And uh, I actually uh, listened to you on podcast on the brink a while back, and you talked a lot about the disconnects uh, with the indie organization between Victor Oladipo and how his people kind of controlled the narrative and him seeking surgeons kind of outside of the team's control and rehabbing in Miami, which is obviously just a famous thing that, uh, you know, social media grabs a hold of. I'm just interested to hear from you, like what, what and where and how did things go south in Indi- Indi- in, in, in Indiana for Vic?
3: Yeah, and I appreciate that because there is a lot of context to it. It should not just be a tweet that X player is upset or whatever. Um, those drive me nuts anyway. Um, what it turned out to be, looking back at all this, was after his first year and a half, I want to say, starting in December of, that would have been 2018, I believe, he started to have knee soreness in that right knee, um, sat out roughly 10 games, then came back, and I want to say played, I don't know, half, uh, probably a dozen games or so. And I remember having a, a heart-to-heart conversation, one-on-one with him in Brooklyn. How are you feeling? What are you up to? Are, are you comfortable playing again? And he he admitted then um, that that the last month had bothered him, um, generally speaking, just the knee not being able to play, um, then, then people questioning his intentions and, and why he sat out and those sorts of things. Anyways, then the injury happens. And that from there on out, things were never the same between Victor and the Pacers, for example. And I have no problem, like you said, uh, with him deciding to go to Miami rehab down there. That's all, all great and well, for the, especially the first couple months. months. Um, so many times we see these elite athletes go somewhere for the best of the best, you know, surgeons, whether it's New York and L.A. Uh, Domas, for example, went to L.A. out of the bubble, didn't play in the bubble recently, got treatment from a doctor in Los Angeles from a specialist where his agency is based and he spends his offseason. In terms of Vic, though, there was little things along the way that were just terribly frustrating, Um, little things that added up. For example, during that first playoff run, while he was sidelined, really didn't tweet about the team much but he made money. He tweeted so much. I can't even count about Hulu loves live sports. So he was making money doing all of that, but didn't even do anything. Hey, playoffs are here. Hate missing this time. Good luck to my guys. Mind you, he was still in Miami. And then secondly, um, both he and, and, he had talked with the Pacers about coming back for at least the home games. It really didn't make sense for him to travel, uh, even to Boston. Um, and they were swept in the series. So he tried to make it back for game three. Well, he didn't get to his flight till late in the afternoon because of a weather delay. I think there were storms or rain or something in, in Miami. And this was like three hours before the game. He got on the plane was on the tarmac, but the flight was canceled. So he missed game three ultimately made it back for game four was there the day before, but I even remember having a conversation about it with Nate McMillan. um, And he was just for us. He was like, look, Victor's not playing right here. We got to focus on the guys on the court. So in some respects, it almost served more as a distraction um, than it was great for the star player to be back and be supportive around his teammates because Victor was really the heartbeat, the soul of the team. I mean, I can't tell you how much life he brought um, around practice. He was loud. He, he was the mass singer. He was singing um, in the locker room. It was rare to have a game night where he didn't have music on and was not singing in the locker room. Well, I never saw that once. Didn't see any music, any real singing after his injury, even when he returned um, from injury. And to wrap up that story, he came back for game four, was there. His manager was right behind him as they walked the tunnel. He was wearing sunglasses as they walked into their court right during team introductions. So I, I it is, especially the front office that it felt very much for show more than, Hey, we're about to get swept here. We could use a boost, maybe support. You've been around the league. We could really use you. So there's been that disconnect um, for quite a while. And, and you could tell a uh, long winded answer here, but you could tell for more than two years, they were bound to go separate ways. Victor had different ideas. He had kind of moved apart from this idea of Indiana really being what he needed. And I, I think in turn, as we look back at his career in 10 years, this is a huge chapter where he potentially made this wrong decision because Victor had been traded a couple of times. Now he's traded twice in a couple of months and fit is everything in the league. And and so I wonder how he'll look back about his time in Indiana.
1: Scott, I appreciate this kind of direction that we're going here because um, I wanted to get into something that you said here, which is, you said, Victor's people and look, all NBA players have, People around them. They have their families. They have their trainers, right? But they they have they have people around them. Um, their business managers, their agents, etc. Uh, their uh, philanthropy chairs. But there are certain players where you hear the word "people" a lot. Um, Kawhi Leonard is one of those. I know that when the Heat looked into that you know, a couple of years ago that one of the concerns was sort of getting in touch with Kawhi's people, a lot of which kind of starts with his uncle. Um, LeBron has people. I got to know a lot of them in Miami. I feel like most in the organization were comfortable with most of them, but at the end, they weren't comfortable with all of them. And we saw how that played out. But I hear that a lot with Vic. I hear about his people and I've heard. Um, from various sources around the league, including other agents, other executives, that perhaps he doesn't always get the best advice. Um, Is that fair to say? And the reason I'm asking the question is, we're now facing an injury situation that is murky, right? Like all of us have reported that the MRI really didn't show anything new, but he's having discomfort. He's got an old injury and a lot of this comes down to whether or not he's, he can play through the pain. And and those are always tough situations because the team sometimes in this case, I hear that, you know, Greg and I have both heard the team and Vic are on the same page at this point. But those things can go bad, particularly when a player is an impending free agent. And maybe some of those around him want to protect an investment more so than have him out on the court. So can you give any background to that? Is that a real concern in terms of just the folks that he has around him advising him? And secondarily, how do you think that might play into this situation? Sure. You think, yeah, there's a lot there. First of all,
3: I I would argue, if anything, they have not done what they should have done to protect the investment, meaning I wrote. All the way back in the fall, I go, look, going into this season, there's not going to be an extension. But if I'm Vic and this is me, what I'm doing is either agreeing, finding the extension that makes the most sense, knowing I'm, yes, I'm not getting my full value but i you also don't know many players that have come back from this injury and don't know of any of them that have come back and had a, a very successful career right we t- i wrote about charles barkley and, and tony parker but you know tony parker was he had like a year and a half left before he retired whereas victor very much felt like he was still if anything just hitting his prime uh you know a couple of years ago at 26 when when he got hit with this injury in terms of those around him, yes, you were dead on. That has been the whole thing from, from people around the league, from team, people with the team, um, that are you getting the right advice? Are you listening to the right people? His manager, for example, sits courtside at every single game. Um, and you do see that with others. Uh, there's a lot of, here's the private jet. Let me show you the photos. Let me be part of this. Hey, I got my security guy uh, trailing behind me as Vic made that entrance, you know, that I alluded to earlier, uh, game five, game four of the, the postseason. You're in Indiana. Everybody loves you here. You do not need security. <laughs> it was just a little thing like that that you kind of chuckled um, about here. So yeah, he, he's in a huge predicament. The big picture here with Vic has, for one, I also should mention, by the way, I forget the exact number, but I think he's on his fourth different agent now maybe his third different agent. Um, and the belief has been that under his current circumstance, the the influence is certainly there more from the manager than the agent. And that was strategically done. Um, and so now moving forward, <laughs> he's looking to, he's certainly looking for a max contract and to be somewhere where he can win. Well, he, he could, the Pacers, I think would have gotten, they would have given him more money if they understood that he wanted to be here. But again, all, all writing was on the wall that he was checked out. You could not only see it, but feel it. And that was the conversations behind the scenes. So I, it's just been a very difficult year, I think for the Pacers over this last year, trying to navigate it. And the last point I'll mention in all this, Ethan, because you mentioned the people around him um, is the fact after he returned from this significant injury, he had his own physical therapist daily with him. At the team facility and not this year but last year uh, the the pt was traveling to road games but not with the team the pacers did not allow it
1: so very this show is sponsored by better help what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day go for a run take a nap maybe check the stats of the latest miami heat game i've got a better idea a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time the question is time for what if time was unlimited Flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com/slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H E L P.com/slash
0: Miami Heat. Say goodbye And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: Pretty often, he was on my flights um, when we were traveling. I remember distinctly going from, I think, uh, Toronto to New York uh, one game. So that was a, a difference. Some teams allow it, some don't. I know the Celtics, for example, allow for all family, kids. Wives, anybody to be on the plane. Pacers do not do that, and they have a hard stance. Now, this year's a little bit different. The PT got a different job, more full-time in Dallas. So he wasn't with Victor. Um, but that's that's another behind the scenes uh thing that was happening with Vic. Um, as and that was his second physical therapist in a year.
1: Yeah, Miami actually they kind of changed their policy midstream with LeBron. The first year, Mike Mancias was not part of the organization. Uh, But Mike is so well-respected and professional and all that, that the second year he was added as a full-time member of the organization. And obviously he has been with LeBron since. I want to let Alex get in here on some of the basketball stuff uh, as well, because I I think some of this backstory is really, really interesting. It plays into kind of where we're going, but ultimately the idea is kind of what kind of a basketball player can Victor Oladipo still be. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. Before we do though, I want to tell you about another of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. And this one is very Miami Just like us, it's right there in their name. The only thing better than cheering on your Miami Heat or Dolphins or Canes or any of the other teams is doing it with your favorite wings. Miami Grills got you covered. Bring home a platter of your faves to share for the game tonight, tomorrow night, and all the nights after. Just how you like them. Crispy, grilled, naked, or boneless. Sauce to perfection with one of three new sauces. That's mango habanero honey garlic and nashville hot if you can't decide get them all delivered with a catering order there's more than just the wings too of course they've got cheesesteaks gyros burgers and more order online or in person they do the pickup they do the drive-through they do the dine-in and they got the delivery available at all locations just go to mymiamigrill.com that's mymiamigrill.com for more details miami grill if you're craving it they're making it now back to the episode
2: and so, yeah. Uh, and what's up, Scott? Uh, Alex here. I hey wanted to ask you about that just because and, you know, you guys went into how what ended up happening with Victor in Indiana, kind of uh, how, how it ended up happening and, and what led to that disconnect. And it seemed like for a while there before the injuries, the whole the narrative around the league was that he had found his home there, uh, you know, this is exactly where he should have been. This is where he's turned into a superstar. That was then, exactly the case. You're exactly yeah. Right. And ever since the ever since the injuries happened, it's been kind of the opposite. Uh, people have not trusted him. The athleticism wasn't there, and I think you started seeing uh, some of the stuff going in the right direction as far as on the court uh, towards the end of last season. I think even in the bubble, I was making the case to 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 Ethan that even though he didn't look like his old self, like I just thought that he was kind of getting to the basket a little bit more and just looked more athletic in general. And I think this year he took another step there as far as, uh, I'm not sure about on the Pacers and this is what I wanted to ask you about, but I know on the Rockets, uh, he got his drives up a whole lot. He was driving to the rim a, a lot more. And even though the efficiency was not there as far as field goal percentage, three point field goal percentage, he started having some of that quick first step in that burst. And then now, you know, he had a couple of, uh, rough offensive games the first two games for the heat and then the last two games he put up I think 16 and 17 in both was playing great defense for them and then you know what happened with the with the lower body injury there so what would your prognosis be not in a medical way I didn't even mean to do that but what would your prognosis be on Oladipo's fit with the heat uh, as far as the type of player that he's at at this stage in his career obviously notwithstanding what happens after this injury here like do you believe that 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 is a good fit for the heat. Do you believe that, uh, like how much, how far away is he from being what he was a couple of years ago? Like what percentage would sure. you put it at?
3: Yeah. So ignoring what's happened in the last week, the injury, I, I think for one, it's a great fit because he's all in, this is what he wants. He spends his off season there. He has since, uh, 2017. So he loves the place had, had some roots there. Um, even opened a, a uh, or was a, a partner in a gym down there that he has since, gotten out of that, but he's been all in with Miami. And I think for one, you you need that buy-in something the Pacers had the first couple of years, but lost it. And you can't just get that so easily. So I like that. Secondly, he's surrounded by shooters. And that's something he didn't necessarily have here. You know, if he's got Duncan or a hero right there. Um, The other thing is I don't think he's the number one guy he's not. Um, And so if Jimmy Butler can be that alpha, right. And Victor can play alongside that's big time because to go back to your point, Alex, yeah, you're exactly right. How he attacks, his quick step, his burst to the lane, either to a layup or to kick out, is him at his best. Um, and a lot of I remember my first reaction to his first you know week or first couple of games back from this injury uh, back in 2020 was that it was there. It was almost nearly there. The biggest concern was that it felt like his mind was ahead of his body. He had, his shot still wasn't great, which is a little bit surprising because that's all he could do for several months and was really focused on it. He's never really been a great three-point shooter. His best year beyond the arc was, in fact, his first year with the Pacers. That's something he's got to improve upon, um, I think, to be uh, more of a dominant player in this league, especially as he gets older and those drives aren't as easily available um, and, and has that. I would think he's probably no better right now than 85% Um, right now. uh, I was not quick to judge because I saw both what Paul George and Gordon Hayward, um, two guys with local connections, obviously here in Indianapolis went through. And it essentially takes two full years from that injury to get back or surpass where you were. We've seen Paul George do it. I think we've seen Gordon do that as well. Of course, he continues um, to, to have some bad luck. And so I feel like Vic, once he gets in a stable situation, he's able to get back to most of that at least now one thing he has not done yet is playing back-to-backs for example and that was the one thing that we kind of laughed about because he would never just come out and say it I knew this was his plan all along but you know the day before the second night or the night you know after playing the night before will you be playing tomorrow and I can tell you the candidate we'll see it just depends on how my body responds and sure enough would not play what's
2: that same thing that happened here. Sorry to interrupt you, but he literally said the same thing in his. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he said the conference. same thing
3: in Houston. I I I, I uh, <laughs> DM'd a couple of the reporters I know down there and sent the line because it, it's funny. And Ethan, I'm sure you can relate. After you've covered a guy for three, four years, I could I could tell you Frank Vogel what he's gonna say in in his pre games. Nate McMillan, Victor, oh. Paul George. You just know their candidness and how they talk and the buzzwords that they lean on um, a little oh, bit. We hey, have enough.
1: We have enough. Yeah.
3: There's so many of them. I mean, so
1: like we've unpacked
4: so much of this uh, Oladipo stuff and we've talked about him and and the people controlling the narrative around him and and handlers almost to a degree. You know what I mean? And I have one more.
3: Let me let me interrupt one thing, because I think this is a a telling point, too, Uh that I did not mention earlier. So when he made his return, he told a national reporter in a sit down interview before he told the team. Then before the bubble, he was he was getting ready to go to camp went to the same outlet said he was not going to play in the bubble um, and told him before he told Nate or the front office. Then a couple days later finds out, I think it was Wendy um, who came out and shared out Yeah, Well, if you don't play, You already went on record saying you are healthy. You're going to miss out on that money. So then he backtracked a little bit, allowed that same outlet to report the story. And so, again, that's a further indication of, one, the disconnect, how he went to reporters rather than in that situation, either Vic could tweet it and say, hey, I'm going to play or just let the team announce it or go to them. That's why you have a public relations staff to use. He didn't do any of that. And honestly, as simple as it was, it was just a bad look for Victor and for all of them. Um, yeah and as, that as he that's decided kind of to play.
4: That I'm I'm glad you actually added that because it, it it kind of circles back to this like when LeBron James made certain um requests we'll call them uh they were granted because he's LeBron James and Victor Oladipo as great as he was for that one season where he you know was all NBA and 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 looked great in in Indy that first year um he's not LeBron James and I just feel like uh The way that we've discussed him on this podcast, it's it's as if he's operating um, under the assumption that he has some sort of leverage heading into this summer. And I know that obviously this recent injury may change things to some degree and he's happy being in Miami, but I'm just I'm interested to hear your perspective on um, like if he's going to head into free agency and he is a player who's now suffered, uh, you know, a couple different injuries and he's been slow to get back and kind of the whole league knew he wanted to get to Miami. So that kind of hurt Houston's leverage and moving him anywhere else. Like, and now the team, the organization, Miami has his, you know, medical records and is working together with him. Like it, does he even have any leverage to, um, to ask for a max contract?
3: This is where I thought it was a brilliant, Play by the Heat by Pat Riley in the front office is they're hands-on with him. They're going to know almost as much info as any other team out there about his medical history and whether it's worth that investment. So even if it costs them a uh, very little, you know, expiring contracts and such, I think this was a smart play for the long term because they may decide, hey, it's not worth it now. They don't tie up millions and millions of dollars. This this was the gamble Victor made, and and we saw it both with this most recent trade. Um, with Houston, uh, his value. And also the Pacers looked into it before this season about, Hey, is it even, we know his intentions. Can we get anything for him before the season? And it turned up there, it just wasn't worth it. So that's why he came to camp. That's why he started the season with the Pacers because essentially what I was told is Pacers conversations with other teams just did not turn up any value. And so it turned out they needed Vic to go play and sh- give other teams tape. They needed to show what he could do. And it turned out he showed that he could play almost every night, wasn't playing in back-to-backs, but he could be a 20-point-per-game scorer again.
1: And that's why they were able to essentially get Karis back from him. All right, we're going to close here with Scott. We appreciate you taking the time here. Again, follow Scott over at Fieldhouse Files. But something else that you said there, I kind of think, triggers where I want to go here to put a bow on this thing which is that, you know, you said, you know, they talked to other teams and there really was no market. We know in Houston, after he apparently turned down a two year extension, they talked to other teams and we know there was no market, even though they tried to drum up a market Um, through a certain ESPN prominent national reporter by saying that they were getting offers of mid first round picks plus quality young players when none of that was actually true. um, Because if that had been true, the heat wouldn't have been able to go back to them with 10 minutes left before the trade deadline (laughs) and say, you'll take Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley and you'll like it um, because there's nothing else out there for you. So I'll say this, if we already know that there was no market for him coming out of Indiana, really until he proved himself to a certain degree, there wasn't much market For him out of houston maybe even less now he's injured again the same leg again you know as we reported on other outlets it it, you know there may be some differences to this but there's not really anything new on the mri so this is the same kind of injury scar tissue all those things that kind of flare up uh related to it where now he you know may not be able to trust his body again for a little while and obviously has to get healthy in terms of a pain perspective i mean is there any chance because we've thrown this out on five on the floor that Vic is humbled enough at this stage, not, not because he doesn't have ability, but because of his health, because of some other things that have happened that he could actually go to him with a mid-level exception type deal and say, here, here's one year plus a player option. This thing works out. You opt out of this thing and we take care of you or someone else does. Uh, and if it doesn't, this is really the best we can do for you because there's nothing else out there for you, man. Wouldn't that
3: be tough? <laughs> I should clarify too, though. I think part of the reason that there wasn't market was because they he was in the contract year, and they understood he was very specific in where he wanted to go in his intentions, right? And so it wasn't like just his playing ability; it was the understanding that we're probably going to lose him after this year, so we don't want to give up gobs and gobs for him. Um, ultimately, I think with Victor, it's going to come down to the best deal and. Early on this season, I think it looked like a decent play. Again, I would have, I think I would have taken out insurance on myself or something like we often see college players do because just in case of this injury, but on the other side of that, what we also saw before this season was so many other guys, those stars get locked up with extensions. You know, LeBron, AD, um, Giannis, the, a lot of those other competition, bam, getting his extension down with the heat. And, and so I think that opened doors and, and uh, elevated him on the upcoming free agent list. I forget where he could have been. I don't know. Maybe he's two, three, four, five. Clearly, I think a top five guy, if healthy, on that list. And we all know teams covet this position. It's, it's that athletic wing. Ideally, a victor could shoot more as well. And so, yes, he would get paid um, because of it. Now, now you got to believe that so many other teams are ha- second-guessing and wondering how much they really want to tie up because they love the player if healthy, but yes, you got to wonder about where he's at because seeing these reoccurrences and even back in with Houston, he had a a minor flare up as well with another injury. So that would certainly be of concern before I'm willing to, you know, throw in a hundred million dollars with him because you mentioned like a mid-level exception. I just wouldn't see him willing to take that unless that's nearly his best offer. And it would allow him to say, stay with the heat in his city, his, that situation, rather than going in, you know, a cold weather city, a losing situation, a place that is not very enticing.
1: Well, and perhaps too, that if the heat doctors are able to get him back on track, then he may want to continue that here, uh, which sometimes we see players do. All right, Scott Agnes, we appreciate you taking the time giving us some insight on Vic. Obviously uh, we're hopeful that Vic can come back and play this season, but the reality is as now others have reported nobody really knows thanks again scott appreciate it
3: you're welcome man yeah that's the most concerning part there's no clear answer days after um you just don't see that very often thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network